You're listening to the Word of Hope, sermons preached at Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Today's sermon is preached by Pastor Brian Wolfmuller. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Dear Saints, on Friday, we saw how it was when Jesus was bearing our sin and carrying our sorrows. We saw how it was when He was the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, when He was stricken by God, afflicted. The chastisement for our soul was on Him. Then, Friday, it was blood and nails and darkness and thirst and tears and groaning and dying. Then it was fear and trembling, weeping and gnashing of teeth. And we could hardly bear to see the spectacle of our Lord's suffering, His crucifixion, His death, His burial. It was the heavy load of our sins, your sins, my sins, the sins of the world, that Jesus carried to the cross. It was our sin that held Him there, pinned for six hours, as the wrath of man and the wrath of the devil, and the wrath, even even the wrath of God, could be emptied on Him, this most holy and blessed Jesus. But look, on the third day, there is Jesus, and there is no blood. There is no death. There is no sorrow, no pain, no darkness. There is with Him only life and joy and peace. In fact, I think that Jesus, every time we, we hear what He is doing after He's raised from the dead, after His resurrection, the stuff that He does is in fact downright playful. He's walking through walls. He's pretending to be a gardener. He's hiding Himself with, from the disciples as He walks down the road and asks them why they're so sad. And then when He breaks bread, He shows Himself to them and then poof, He disappears. And then he breathes on them. And then he fills their net with fish, even though he already had some roasting on the coals. You see, that with Jesus, all the troubles of Good Friday are gone. It's true, he still has his wounds, the holes in his hands and his feet and his side. But he shows them to his disciples like a boy showing scars to his friends. Look at these. (laughs) Put your hand in here, in my side. You don't believe? You should believe. (laughs) It's wonderful. Peace be with you. That's what the resurrected Jesus says to his disciple. Peace everywhere. Peace. Even the angels are in on it. Preaching like Jesus to the women at the tomb looking for Jesus to finish the work of anointing his body, the death work. Jesus is gone, but the angels are there and they're preaching peace. Don't be afraid. You're looking for Jesus? He's not here. He left. (laughs) Look where they put him. He's gone. All of the gloom, do you see? All of the sadness, all of the suffering, all of the pain, all of the dying, all of it, like Jesus said, all of it is finished. It's over. The devil's turn with Jesus is over. Your sin's work with Jesus is over. The work of God's wrath on Jesus is over. Death's turn to take hold of Jesus is done. It's finished. 
And all of it is for you. All of it. For your comfort and for your joy. I mean, can you imagine being there on these two days? Being in Jerusalem on Good Friday to see the work that your sin would do on Jesus. The stripes, the whipping, the pain, the agony, the unimaginable suffering, all because of you and your sin. And then you meet Jesus a few days later in the garden. And he's alive. And he's well. Your sin has no longer done its work. It's no longer causing him harm. It's no longer holding him to the cross or burying him in the grave. Can you imagine that? Being there on Easter in the garden, running into Jesus? Jesus, you would say, you you look good. (laughs) Thanks, he'd say. You're not dead anymore, right? But, But Jesus... What happened to my sin? What sin, he says? You know, the sin that was torturing you on Friday. That sin that caused God to forsake you and smite you. The sin that pressed so hard upon you that great drops of blood ran out of you like sweat in the garden. The sin that you were bearing in agony. That sin. Oh, says Jesus. Huh. I don't know. I must have lost it. (laughs) Somewhere in the last few days, I lost track. I can't remember it anymore. (laughs) Do you see this? (laughs) Your sin and your death and the wrath of God that you deserve, all of it is gone. It's finished. It's done. So we have these two images put before us. We have the image of Good Friday, which is the image of our sin and God's wrath and the severity of what we deserve, the seriousness of our condemnation. And then, on the other hand, we have the image of Easter, of the resurrection, of Jesus, really and truly alive, no more to die, having conquered death and the grave, having accomplished the forgiveness of your sins. And in both of these images, dear saints, in the middle of both of them is Jesus. Your Jesus, who died for you and who rose for you to forgive all of your sins. Now this is our great and lasting joy. And it's why Jesus has us here this morning. So that we would hear this promise, the promise of His resurrection, and that we would believe it. And we would have the same full and unending life that He has as soon as He steps out of the grave. I was reading this last week, uh, some Luther sermons. Luther, you, I don't know if you're going to believe this, but Luther wrote 13 sermons for Good Friday. And then because that wasn't quite enough, he, lo- he wrote a little preface sermon about how to read the sermons. <laughs> I read the preface one. About how to meditate on the passion and the suffering and death of Jesus. And he has a little line in there. It's a warning that we wouldn't neglect the reading of the Scriptures. Luther says this, Even we who continually busy ourselves with the Word experience a decrease of interest in it, in the Word, if we neglect the perusal of it for a day or two. 
Now that's amazing. Luther says that even, especially he's talking about theologians and pastors, but all Christians, that if we neglect reading the scriptures, when our noses aren't in the Bible, even for a day or two, then we lose interest in the scripture. And, and you know what happens? The devil begins immediately to cause us to forget the Lord's word. And our old evil foe comes along and he tells us lies about the Scripture and it, and it starts to work its way in there. Like, oh yeah, I've heard that already, I know that. Or it's just a bunch of crazy old stories. Or it, when you read the Bible, you feel bad after you read it. Or that's too difficult for me or too simple for me or whatever. You know the drill, how this works. The devil sits, if you could see, the, the devil sits on your Bible so that to open it, you have to push him out of the way. Now, the devil does the same thing to us with church. If we miss church for a week or two, he starts to tell us all sorts of lies about church. Whatever it takes, the people there are all judgmental, or the people there are all hypocrites, or the people there are all judgmental hypocrites, or hypocritical judgmentalists, or whatever. (laughs) And the preacher, he's always there talking about how bad everybody is. (laughs) You know how the devil tells these lies? In fact, I think that most people who don't go to church think that church is the place where we come to hear about how good we are and how bad they are. So the devil sits on your Sunday morning like he sits on your Bible. And he makes, he makes it seem like coming to church is a more daunting task than climbing P- Pike's Peak with Pastor Flammy. <laughs> but dear saints, I want you to remember this. I want you to remember this. Next Sunday and the next and the next, I want you to remember Jesus standing by the open tomb, talking to the women. Jesus standing in the upper room, talking to his disciples. Their sin forgotten, their death destroyed, the wrath of God completely turned away, a way made for sinners to stand before the face of God. Jesus with his hands raised in blessing, with those hands that were nailed to the cross, saying to you, peace. Peace, don't be afraid. Forgiveness, life, all of it is in my name. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And that's you. That is you. And while it is impossible for us to get back to the garden and find Jesus walking around and have the conversation that we want to have, Jesus has established His church so that you can hear those same words. On the first Easter, He breathed on His disciples. And He said, whoever sins you forgive, they are forgiven. And that's what we had a few minutes ago in the absolution. As a called and ordained servant of the word, I forgive you all your sins. Three days before the resurrection, Jesus gave out his body and blood and said, take and eat and drink. This is my body and my blood given for you for the forgiveness of sins. And look, the table is set. We have the same feast that Jesus had with his disciples ready for us this morning. 50 days after the resurrection, when Jesus, 40 days after the resurrection, when Jesus was about to ascend into heaven, he lifted up his hands in blessing and he said to his church, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to treasure all the things that I have commanded you. And look, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Brian Duncan, these words were for you this morning and they're for all of us, the baptized. Jesus has instituted his church. Because we cannot go back to the garden and walk with Him there. But you can come to an even better place 
to the church that he established, the resurrected Jesus, where the word of life and mercy and kindness is spoken straight from his mouth. The word that overcomes your death. The word that defeats your devil. The word that forgives your sins and covers your shame and fills you with joy and comfort and peace. That is what this morning is. And that is why the church celebrates the resurrection every Sunday. So that we can hear the kindness and life of Jesus. Whenever we read the history of Easter, we see that everyone in it, the women who come to the tomb, the mother of Jesus and his friends and the disciples and all of the people, that they're terrified. They're afraid. They're stunned. They don't know what to think. They're frightened. And I suppose in a lot of ways, we are too. I mean, all of us are staring down our death and the death of those that we love. We feel in some way or another the pain and the depth of our sin. We know the darkness of this life and of suffering. But Jesus comes to us. Right right smack dab in the middle of all of it. The one who knows your troubles. He comes, and He comes with His blood, His cross, and His death, and His resurrection. And He says, Peace be with you. And with this word, sin, death, and the devil are abolished and overcome. The way to eternal life is opened for you. So that you one day will face death to meet Jesus, and you one day will face the resurrection to life eternal. Jesus has done it. God be praised. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. And the peace of God that passes all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Word of Hope. We hope your time with us was one of joy and peace in hearing the Lord's Word and kindness. If you have questions about anything you heard on today's broadcast, please don't hesitate to contact us at office at hope-aurora.org or call the office at 303-364-7416. For more information about our congregation, for locations, service time, and schedule, please visit our website at www.hope-aurora.org. Thank you for listening to the Word of Hope.